0: Welcome to the Fearless Mom podcast. Fearless Mom is a shame-free, guilt-free, judgment-free community of moms who are doing our best to set our kids up for their best. We know you're busy, Mom, so we don't want to add to your already long to-do list. We just want to help you be intentional in what you're already doing. This season will help moms better understand themselves and their children as they embrace the responsibility of raising up children who become resilient, courageous, and hopeful adults. We'll talk about everything from the value of daily rhythms and routines to creating your own family boundaries with technology. And rest assured, we most definitely will laugh along the way. It is our theme verse after all, Proverbs 31:25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. guys, this is Julie Richard. So glad that you are joining us for the fearless mom podcast today. We have a special treat for you. Dr. Chris Thurman came to share with the fearless mom group in Austin several weeks ago. Dr. Thurman is a clinical psychologist, an author, a speaker, a husband, a dad, a granddad, and he teaches this ABC model. Actually, he's been teaching it for a long time, and I've heard him do it before, and I thought this is perfect to layer into what we are learning In this Lighten Your Load series, I believe that you are going to learn from and enjoy him as much as our moms did in Austin when he shared with us. You will learn from his expertise and his insight and wisdom, and I think you'll enjoy his sense of humor and his wit. So let's go ahead and jump right in. so excited that we have a special guest joining us today for this session of Lighten Your Load. We've been learning how to lighten your load. Yes, we embrace the responsibility of motherhood, and we know that it is a heavy responsibility, a weighty responsibility, but we don't have to let it weigh us down. We've been talking about worry and mom guilt, and I say all the time, guys, that I am not a therapist. I am just a an enthusiast. But I know when it's time to call in the heavy hitters, to call in the therapist. So today we have Dr. Thurman joining us. I want to pray for all of those listening, and then we'll get started. Let's bow our heads and pray together. God, I thank you so much for the gift and the blessing and the responsibility of motherhood. I thank you, God, for community, a place where we can gather together. I thank you for technology that connects us to so many other moms. God, you are good. You are sovereign, and your word is true and trustworthy. And we lean in right now. We lean on you and your strength and your wisdom. And right now, we ask, God, that you settle our hearts and minds And open our eyes and ears so we can see and hear what you want us to learn today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Now, I told you that I have Dr. Thurman. Dr. Chris Thurman is a counseling psychologist. He is also an author, and I refer to this book a lot. This is The Lies We Believe, and several of our series I've referred to this. There's also a workbook that goes with it. I can't recommend it enough. He's got another book coming out also called Pop's Advice. I can't I can't wait for that one. It comes out pretty soon. But um, he is yes a therapist, but he is also a husband, a dad, and a grandfather. And um, I have mentioned before, yes, he is my personal therapist. And so <laughs> I know for a fact that he has a lot of great words to say about mom guilt, about worry, and about how we can lighten our load and enjoy this thing called parenthood. So will you put your hands together and welcome? Dr. Thurman, to the Fearless Mom stage. Thank,
1: Thank you. Thank you, you Julian. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure to be with you. Thought I'd get us started on a positive note. I have three jokes to read to you. Okay, so let me read those to you. These are all kid jokes. A Sunday school teacher was discussing the Ten Commandments with five- and six-year-olds. After explaining the commandment to honor thy father and mother, She asked, is there a commandment that teaches us how to treat our brothers and sisters? Without missing a beat, one little boy, the eldest of the family, answered, thou shalt not kill. (laughs) Number two, a kindergarten teacher was observing her classroom while they were drawing. She would occasionally walk around and see each child's work. As she got to one little girl who was working diligently, she asked what she was drawing. She replied, I'm drawing God. The teacher paused and said, but no one knows what God looks like. She said, they will in a minute. (laughs) Finally, a little girl was talking to her teacher about whales. The teacher said it was physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human because even though it was a very large mammal, Its throat was very small. The girl stated, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Irritated, the teacher repeated, a whale could not swallow a human. It was physically impossible. The little girl said, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. The teacher replied, what if Jonah went to hell? The little girl replied, then you ask him. Yeah. All right. I'm going to try to cram an eight-hour seminar in the next 60 minutes. And what I'm going to teach you is the infamous ABC model. Don't know if you've heard that before of the model. I have taught this model as a stress management model. I've taught it that way. I've taught it as a mood disorder model. What's going on when people have problems with depression, anxiety, anger that are not biochemically related? I've taught it as a conflict resolution model to couples around the country. Uh, I've even taught it as a sports psychology uh, model. Uh, I was the assistant tennis coach at Texas when I was finishing up my doctorate, and I taught it to the guys on the team. You know, how can you not lose a match because of what's going on up here? I'm going to teach it to you generically uh, today um, and try to give you as much of the content from the model as I can. I don't like promoting my own stuff, but this model is in the book, The Lives We Believe. So if you wanted to take a, a deeper drill down into the model, you could refer to that book. Okay, uh, I'm going I'm to blow and go. Uh, again, I'm trying to put a lot of information into basically 45 minutes, so I'm just going to fly through it, uh, then I'm going to pray for us, and then I'll get out of your hair, okay? All right, let me, let me teach you this model. Now, if you're taking notes, I'm going to put the A, B, and the C across the top of the page, because you're going to need some writing underneath each letter, okay? The A part of this model is what we refer to as the event part of the model, Okay? Uh, the event part of the model is basically referring to the fact that every day you and I get out there on the planet, we run into external events, okay? Nobody wakes up in a vacuum every day, right? You go out into a real world, and events are coming your way. Now, I teach people that sometimes the events you run into are what I call nickel events. And that is me referring to the really small things that happen to you. Okay, sometimes you're out there on the planet and the event that showed up on your doorstep was small. It was minor. It's supposed to be water off a duck's back, right? Let's say you and a friend agree to meet for lunch at Chili's at noon and your friend shows up at 1203. Okay, unless you need years of psychotherapy, okay, that's a nickel event and you need to see it as a nickel event, and they don't even need to apologize because you don't apologize for nickel events, okay? People might apologize, but it doesn't warrant, it's not immoral, you know, it's just inconsiderate at best, right? So small things happen to you, tracking me so far? I teach that life goes all the way from nickel events up to what I call $500 events. $500 events are wired into life as well, Okay, everybody in this room is old enough to have already run into a $500 event, right? On the more negative side would be things like death of a loved one. I don't mean this as a sob story, but when I was 24 years old and I was one month into my doctoral program at Texas, my mom passed away from a brain aneurysm. That's a $500 event, okay? 15 summers ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. That's a $500 event. On the more positive side would be things like Birth of a Child is a $500 event that's wonderful and awesome. My granddaughters and my grandson are $5,000 events to me. They are not even $500 events. I cannot tell you how crazy I am about these grandkids. They are the most awesome thing that's ever hit the planet, and I am so thankful to the Lord that he let me live long enough to have grandkids. So those are $5,000 events to me, okay? The Texas Longhorns losing to the Oklahoma Sooners (laughs) is a $500 event, okay? My wife, Holly, has to get me to get off the roof of our house so that I won't jump when that happens, okay? So that's a $500 event. All right, now before I jump past B to C and then backfill, I want you to hear something important about events. There are times that events happen to you and it's not your fault. There are times life will show up on your doorstep, happen to you, but you're not to blame. For example, let's say you're going through a green light and somebody runs a red light and hits your car. Okay? The event called accident Nobody in their right mind would go up to you and say, this is your fault. Now, the flip side of that thought is sometimes events happen to you and it is your fault. Let's say you are driving 95 miles an hour on a 55 mile an hour highway and you get pulled over and you get a ticket. You are to blame for that. That is your fault. And I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm just trying to point out something really important that the enemy is up to. The enemy wants you to cross those wires as you go through life. Now, let me say that more clearly. The enemy wants you to feel responsible for things you are not. And the enemy wants you to blame stuff on others that you are actually responsible for. Why? Because both are forms of mental illness. So if the enemy's out to kill, steal, and destroy, and I can promise you he is... He wants you to spend the rest of your life doing those two mistakes. And we could stop there and spend the rest of the day unpacking that together. Because I know you do both. I know I do both. This is a big ticket item for mental health work. Okay? When I'm working with a client, I'm constantly looking at this issue and about 15 others. I am constantly trying to figure out, are they feeling responsible for things they are not responsible for? And the answer is always yes. And are they not taking responsibility for things they're actually responsible for? The answer is always yes. Why? Because you're human. You're fallen. You're broken in that way. Does that make enough sense for me to move on? Yes? Yes. Now let's go from A, past B, over to C. All right? The C part of this ABC model is the response part. God has wired you to react to things. You're not supposed to be a robot. You're not supposed to be an automaton, okay? He wired you with the capacity to react to the events that happen to you. And you're supposed to, and that's good. Now, let me break this down into three different versions of reacting to life. Physiological reactions to life emotional reactions to life,
0: and behavioral
1: reactions to life. So another thing I want you to put in your kind of notes and in your mental toolkit today is you're supposed to react, and these are three of the four ways that you react to life. Now... Let me take you into my childhood to give you an example of an event I used to run into all the time, and every time it happened here, I would fire off on all three levels of C instantaneously there, okay? I am one of four boys, and my older brother Steve's greatest joy in life was he loved to scare me. You can laugh because it wasn't your brother, all right? Steve loved to scare me. He would scare me every time he could scare me. Steve would hide behind doors in our home and wait for me to enter a room and he would jump out and scream at the top of his voice. Steve would hide in my bedroom closet, wait for me to open up my own closet door, and he would jump out and scream at the top of his voice. That's not funny. Steve one time heard me get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and he got in my room, crawled in my bed, pulled the sheets over his head. And as I tried to get back into my own bed, he screamed and threw off the sheets. Steve is the reason I'm a psychologist today. I think I was headed into the ministry, I really do, but he messed me up so badly I'm a psychologist now. Now I prayed earnestly that Steve would burn in a very warm place the rest of his life for doing that and to show that God has an incredible sense of humor. Steve is now a pastor. Some of the sickest, most pathetic human beings on the planet are pastors. Mac and Julie, sick, pathetic human beings. I'm here to tell you. No. And the sick, second group that's sick are psychologists. Okay. Now, what am I trying to imply or what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say when Steve would scare me, that goes here, right? And when that would happen, I would fire off instantaneously on all three levels of C. First, you have what they call a fight or flight reaction, right? God has given you a body. And apparently, when you're under conditions of threat, your body fires off, it alarms itself, and adrenaline's pumped into the bloodstream, and your body prepares you to flee or fight the event, right? That's physiologically reacting to life. Now, when my clients come to see me, I don't typically ask them how their physiology has been. That's not what I'm mostly concerned about, okay? I know I can't ignore it, so I will on occasion say, hey, are you getting a good night's sleep are you eating properly are you exercising are you and on a biochemical level some people need help with their brain biochemistry what I'm concerned about are the next two how did you feel and how did you behaviorally react now when Steve would scare me what's the first instantaneous emotional reaction you have fear right you have the emotion of fear Now, after another nanosecond went by, and I realized who it was for the millionth time, what other emotion do you have? Anger. You have anger. In that same moment, you are feeling anxious and angry in the same moment, at the same time, toward the same event. That's what we call mixed emotions. My definition of mixed emotions is it's when your mother-in-law drives over a cliff in your new car. I think that's funny. But anyways, that's mixed emotions. It's your mother-in-law, so you're happy, but it's your new car, so you're sad. All right, if I have to explain these jokes to you, they're not going to really do you any good. All right? Okay, so now the five emotions that I work on all the time with clients and in my own life are fear, anger, sadness, hurt, and guilt. Those are the big five in the counseling world, okay? That's what I'm trying to look at my client, trying to get a beat on. Which of these, if not all of them, are they feeling at a pretty noticeable level? Now, I'm going to bunny trail for just a couple of minutes because something bothers me about how the world and even Christian folks can look at these. Typically, these are called negative emotions, I want you to promise me that the rest of your life you will not refer to them that way because that implies that they are pathological. That implies that they are bad. They are not pathological and they are not bad. You're supposed to feel these. I want you to call them what they are. They are painful emotions. They are not negative. Do not apply that term to these emotions ever again, okay? You're supposed to feel these painful emotions and you are not sinning and you are not being pathological and you are not being sick when you feel these. If a truck comes at you out of nowhere and you feel anxious, I would say, good, you're supposed to. If somebody does evil to you, a loved one or somebody else on the planet and you are angry, I would say, good, you're supposed to be angry at evil. If you lose a loved one and you are sad, I would say good. You're supposed to be sad. If someone is not treating you respectfully or appropriately and you feel hurt, I would say good. You're supposed to feel hurt. And if you break God's moral laws and you feel guilty, I would say good. That's a sign that your conscience is alive and well. That's good. What the enemy wants is for you to either not feel these and therefore be relatively robotish or... Feel the toxic version of these that you're not supposed to feel. There's a difference between you're fearful and anxious versus you're worried. Worry is bad for you. Worry is negative. You tracking me on that? If you are angry, that's good. If you are enraged, that's bad. That's a problem. If you are sad, that's good. If you are clinically depressed, that's a problem. If you feel hurt by mistreatment, that's good. If you are bitter and resentful, you got a problem. And if you feel guilty when you break God's moral law, that's good. But you're like me. You sometimes feel guilty when you haven't done anything wrong. That's a problem. You see the difference? Yes? Okay? So the enemy is trying to sift you all the time on can he get you to have an unfeeling reaction or can he get you into the toxic versions, but he sure doesn't want you here. All right. So that's another thing I want you noodling on. Okay. Now behavior shows up. When Steve would scare me, my first instantaneous behavior was the jump shout boogie maneuver. Right? Right. I would jump 15 feet in the air. That's behavior. It's called jumping. I would scream. That's behavior. It's called screaming. And I would clutch ceiling tiles. That's behavior. It's called clutching ceiling tiles. Now, upon landing on the ground, I would do another behavior. I would reach for the nearest object with which to beat him severely. Okay? Now, Steve would always run back to his room and lock himself in his room. So I have yet to get him. That's why I pray every day that his church will split.
0: (laughs) Okay, the ABC model from Dr. Thurman. A meaning events. Some events happen to you. Some events are a result of your decisions. Some are five cent all the way to $500 events. I love how he described the birth of his grandchildren as $5,000 events. And then he skipped over B. All of that was under A and then he skipped and he went to C. C is our response to those events. physiological, fight or flight, emotional. He said he usually addresses fear, anger, sadness, guilt, and hurt. Those are his top five in his practice that he sees. So physiological response, emotional response, as well as behavioral response. I love how he's breaking it down for us in this ABC model. And next episode, we'll hear more from him as he jumps back and fills in with B. I hope that you've enjoyed hearing from him. And next episode, we'll just jump right back in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fearless Mom Podcast. Through every conversation, every practical tool, and every moment we can point a mom to hope, we are so honored and grateful to share it with you. And if you're loving these conversations, let your friends know. Tell them about the Fearless Mom Podcast. It's the best way for moms to find out about our show. Also, we'd love it if you'd share a review or maybe Leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts and find us on Instagram at fearless underscore mom to stay up to date on all things fearless mom on all news and all events. We'll see you next time. And remember, mom, you're not alone. We're all in this together.